So you're passionate about UX design, sure. But what really gets you out of bed every morning? Are you excited about making healthcare safer and more secure? Maybe you're passionate about democratizing investment opportunities for the masses. Personally, I get out of bed every day because I love building enterprise software to help make the average worker's day a little bit less stressful. And if you're just starting out in your UX career and you haven't really thought about it yet, give me a minute and let me tell you why I dig enterprise software so much and I think you might dig it too. What's up, UX fam? How's your mom and them? Welcome to another episode of Beyond UX Design. I'm Jeremy. If you're new here, welcome. I'm super stoked to have you. If you haven't done it already, consider liking or subscribing to the show wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you're regular here and you feel like you're getting something out of the show, I would really appreciate you leaving a five-star review. That'll help me out so much. And to help keep the show independent and ad-free, you can become a patron for as little as $3 a month. And if you do that, you'll get some sweet, sweet perks for your support. And of course, if you think the show is worth sharing, then I would love it if you told some friends. I've been doing design in some form or fashion since about 2003. I started out building websites and, and doing web design, album art, flyers for my band and my friends' bands. And I eventually started freelancing, doing websites and traditional design like identities and print collateral for local businesses, restaurants, things like that. And I eventually got into advertising until finally settling into UX design around 2011. My first UX design gig was for a, a small software shop that did customer apps for various clients. And it was really cool because I, I got to work in a bunch of different industries over the four years that I worked there. And we did apps to help companies manage priorities for their businesses. We did an app to help big shopping malls manage leases and rent payments. We did a mobile app for the American Dental Association. So like I said, we did a bunch of different stuff. And it was pretty cool. I, I definitely didn't dislike doing any of those other apps, but there was one app in particular that we built that got me hooked on enterprise software. It was a SaaS app for lawyers and law firm employees to manage cases. So this customer came to us. They wanted to build this tool to sell to, to law firms. So lots of things had to go into managing a case. Sometimes these cases can last for years. There's a lot of paperwork, documents, receipts, expenses, tasks, dates, invoices, payments, hours to track, all these things. Now, obviously, being a lawyer is already pretty stressful, long hours, demanding clients, the stakes are usually pretty high. And if you run a big firm with lots of lawyers and assistants, maybe interns, how do they keep track of all this stuff, right? It can get pretty overwhelming. Now, the options out there at the time were usually some homegrown, on-prem, mess of integrations with some desktop applications or Excel as a database or something really messy. And obviously, the interface for these solutions was pretty bad. And usability was basically non-existent. But why should the day-to-day -day management of a case need to make an already stressful job more stressful? Well, it doesn't, or it shouldn't. And what's funny is looking back on it, I really didn't think much about it at the time. It wasn't until later that I really grew to appreciate how much impact we made on the teams that worked at these law firms. And I eventually left the startup to go back to advertising, not because I wanted to, <laughs> I hated advertising, but because my wife and I were trying to start a family and frankly, the paycheck and the benefits at the startup were crap. Uh, so a month or so back into advertising, I had a project. And I remember, I remember it so vividly. The project was to design a marketing email campaign for, for one of our regional bank clients. And they were advertising a new CD, a, new, a certificate of, of deposit. And I remember checking the analytics. They had several thousand people on their email list. And out of the thousand or so people, less than 10% opened the email. And out of that 10%, 
only something like 3% actually clicked to open the page that we were building. And I just thought to myself, what the fuck am I doing? What is the point of this? This is ridiculous. This is such a waste of time. And that's when I thought back to that law firm management software that we built and I really missed it. And that felt rewarding. That felt like I was doing something, like I was helping to make a difference for all the people struggling to keep track of this mess of information related to the cases. And I only lasted about six months back in advertising, and I swear I will never do it again. And after that, I made the jump over to where I am now, and it'll be seven years in May, and I honestly couldn't be happier. And God bless anyone still in advertising. If you want to get into UX and you're in advertising and you want to get into UX, give me a holler, and I will do absolutely anything that I can to get you out of there. So what is enterprise software? What what is this thing that I'm talking about? Well, you're probably familiar with lots of apps that you use on a daily basis, apps like Lyft or Uber, right? Maybe social media apps like TikTok or Facebook or budget apps like Mint. These are all commercial applications. These are apps meant for consumers. These are built by giant companies. These are apps built by a company trying to sell a product or a service of some kind to the general masses. Enterprise apps, on the other hand, are meant for getting work done. Tools built for or purchased by a company for their employees to do some kind of work. And these are tools that you'd likely never use as a consumer unless you happen to work for those companies. So these could be SaaS tools that are built by a third-party company like I did uh, and used by thousands of companies. Or they could be bespoke tools built for five people by an in-house IT department. So when you think of getting an enterprise software, don't limit your idea of it to in-house IT departments at a giant mega corporation. It could be a startup building tools that they're trying to sell to companies to buy for their employees, right? Think like Workday, Monday, Basecamp, something like that. But it could also be something else entirely, like a tool meant for tracking inventory built by the in-house team at Kroger or Walmart or the Home Depot for their employees specifically. But I talked to a lot of young designers and the common sentiment that I've seen is that they're looking for some notoriety, right? This isn't always true, but this happens a lot of time. They want their friends, their peers to see and use the tools that they design and they build. They want to see their work available online in the app store, or they want to see a billboard advertising their work or something. And unfortunately with enterprise design, this is pretty hard to show off your work unless you happen to work in one of these SaaS tools that are selling the app. But lots of times you'll have to sign an NDA or something similar to not show or share all this hard work that you've done. It can be pretty hard to share your work or even in a portfolio during an interview. Sometimes that's challenging. A few years after I left advertising, I ran into a former boss from my advertising days and we got to talking. And when she found out that I was working in enterprise, she said something like, oh man, you must be so bored. And all I could think of was like, are you crazy? I am helping to solve some of the most complex problems I have ever had to think about before. This job is amazing. Now, I know for sure that enterprise software gets a bad rap. It definitely isn't as sexy as some of the other products that you could be working on. Uh, It might not be like working at a big tech company like Google or Meta or Twitter, Amazon, whatever, but I really do believe that the enterprise work that I've done has been some of the most rewarding and challenging things that I've ever been a part of. So here's a short list of why I love enterprise software specifically. We'll dive a bit into each of these in a second. First, there are really complex and interesting problems to solve. Second, you get really deep domain knowledge, which I think is really cool. Third, you could get a bigger budget sometimes, depending on the company. And fourth, meaningful impact for employees, which I think for me is the most rewarding. So let's talk a little bit about these first complex problems to solve. So the problems are often 
way more complex than some of the commercial apps that you might find on an app store. So when you think about enterprise software, people often think of things like spreadsheets, Excel, data tables, whatever. And, and sure, there can be a lot of data tables, but often business processes are way more complex and require a lot of clever solutions, which to me is way more rewarding than designing some chat app for social media or something. They can also be really interesting. There's a lot of really interesting use cases like industrial scenarios, right? Think manufacturing shop floor, component repair, software for doctors or nurses, complex logistics planning and tracking, industrial machine maintenance, and things like that. These types of scenarios can be super complex and really interesting. And for me, coming up with clever interfaces or workarounds or workflows for these super complex problems is really rewarding and something I really enjoy. Now, I don't want to give the impression that all commercial apps are simple, and obviously not all enterprise applications are complex, but for the most part, the nature of enterprise is that you're solving problems for businesses, and these problems are very rarely cut and dry. And something else that I've heard from designers that work at agencies is that they find their clients tend to have the same problems, right? So they're basically designing the same thing over and over and over again for just for different clients, right? They all need account management. They all need user onboarding. They all need a profile page. They all need search. And not to say that every project is totally homogenous on the commercial side, but generally speaking, these products tend to have similar problems that need solving over and over and over again. And I've heard from designers that work at these kinds of places that that tends to get monotonous and somewhat boring. And I don't think that's the case, especially with in-house teams. So the in-house teams, they want to share as much as possible. And one team has already built a user management module. Great. No one needs to build that again. So the next thing is always something new. Now, obviously, if you're at an agency building enterprise software for multiple clients, this could also be an issue. So just think about that. But with those in-house teams, especially the repeat problem-solving issue tends to not be the case. So next, deep domain knowledge. And this is especially true if you're part of an in-house UX team. You might be working on the same piece of software for a very long time, which allows you to go really deep on a specific process. You might also get a lot of hands-on time with the users that you might not get in a commercial environment, right? You may get the opportunity to do a lot of ethnographic research, contextual inquiry, and things like that. You might be able to go to the shop floor, get a pair of steel-toed boots, some safety gloves, hard hats, whatever, and actually watch them do their job in these big, giant, complex machines. I think that's really neat. You may even get the opportunity to participate in some training that your users have. I know a guy who used to work for a forklift company working on some software to help maintenance crews track all their work. And he got to train to drive a forklift. And it's like every little boy's dream come true. I'm not going to lie. I would love to learn how to drive a forklift. So if anyone out there is listening and can make that happen, uh, please let me know. I've heard people express concerns that they think that they would get bored after a while working on the same thing for a long time. But in my experience, that's part of what I really enjoy. I've worked on applications where I get a really high level, 20,000 foot understanding of the problem, really surface level stuff. But having the opportunity to go really deep for a long period of time is something I personally enjoy. And like I said, I'm always solving a new problem. So even though I'm on that piece of software for maybe two years, I'm always learning something new. So for me, that has never been a problem. And the deeper you go, the more insights you'll uncover. And, and for me, that adds just to the excitement of it all, I think. So for an example, a tool I worked on for almost four years, it allowed me to go to all these component repair shops all over the world. I got to spend time with operators and inspectors. I got to know some of them personally. I had the opportunity to get into the nuance and really understand the complexities because I saw so many different scenarios play out. 
I'm not sure I would have been able to get such a deep understanding of any of that had I worked on this project for only six months or even a year. So next is bigger budgets sometimes, <laughs> caveat. So like this one definitely depends on the company that you work for, but a lot of enterprise software teams, they often have pretty deep budgets. And that means that all kinds of money for research, and if you're, you're lucky, you might get a decent travel budget to go all over the place and visit users to do research. At one of my previous jobs, I got the opportunity to go to a shop in Hungary. I've been to Budapest, Poland several times for work. Some of the other designers on my team got to go to Singapore, Brazil, Saudi Arabia, New York, California, Kansas, even all over the world. Now, I'm not saying that smaller companies or commercial software teams won't have a similar opportunity, but I do think that a lot of enterprise UX teams will have similar perks, especially if you're working at an enterprise team at a large company. And really, this depends on the company and the teams. So if this is something you're interested in, make sure that you ask about this type of thing in your interview so that you know what you're getting into. In addition to the research and travel, lots of bigger companies will even have budgets for training. So you might be able to go to a conference or other training opportunities that you wouldn't normally get at a smaller company. Some big companies might even have leadership training available, which I think is a huge perk. It's often overlooked even by people that work for some of these companies. And it's not necessarily related to UX or even enterprise UX, but it is a huge opportunity to grow your leadership skills. And I think that is just huge. This will 100% help you level up faster than you would by just reading some books or watching some YouTube videos on the same subject. Definitely do not underestimate this perk. So lastly, and I think most important, is the meaningful impact for employees or workers. Now, this one is really important for me personally. It's the impact that we have as enterprise designers on the people that are using the tools that we've designed. And in the beginning of this episode, I talked about the lawyers and the, and the employees of the firm that benefited from the tools that we were building. Lots of these people have stressful jobs. The tools they use to do their work, it shouldn't add to the stress. It should make their job easier. And the fact is that people that we are designing for, the employees, they often don't get a choice to use one app over another. This is really their only option. Someone above them decided to use this tool. So what we build as enterprise software teams, it really has the potential to make a huge impact on our users for the better or the worse. And maybe post-COVID, this isn't necessarily the case, but we all work quite a bit, right? I think at least 40 hours a week. A lot of us have families, maybe even kids. If your family's anything like mine, we pick up our kids around 4.30 or 5. They go to bed around 8.30 at night. And I'm not very good at math. That's why I became a designer. But that's about 12 to 13 hours during the week. And let's assume you wake up around 8 or 9. Your kids go to bed around 9 on the weekends. That's about 37 hours. So let's be generous. Round up to 40. That's about 40 hours with your kids every week. Think about that for a second. Isn't that awful? That's about the same amount of time that we spend working. I know this is actually very sad, but most of us are working more than we see our kids or family. So depending on the tool, that means that these employees are spending a whole hell of a lot of time with our software, much more than they're using Facebook or Amazon or Twitter or something like that, at least hopefully. So what I'm getting at is the amount of impact that an enterprise UX designer has on the average employee can be immense. That is really, really a huge responsibility, right? Now, I don't want to give the impression that it's all good all the time. Enterprise software is not a monolithic or homogenous thing. You can work on enterprise software at a small startup. You could be part of a thousand personal internal IT team. And each of these comes with its own issues. 
And usually working in a large company comes with certain drawbacks. There's often the bureaucracy that everybody always talks about, the red tape that everybody always talks about. You don't have to put up with that at a startup. So working in enterprise software often comes with a smaller user base that's built for specific groups with specific tasks. This means sometimes you'll end up working with different power users who have become stakeholders maybe. They might try to push their agenda. They might try to say things like, oh, no, what's best for the user? Or you don't need to talk to the users. I know what they do. And working on software that's meant for internal teams, it might mean that good design is an afterthought, right? What's another button or another column in a data grid or another feature on a page? It's not like this thing needs to win design awards is what they'll say. So as UX designers, sometimes we have to push a little bit harder to have our voices heard more than we might at a company that builds commercial software and is known for their UX maturity. So depending on the company, you may not find any designers higher than a senior manager or a director. So it's hard for design to have a voice at the very top. And this is certainly not the case everywhere. And I would encourage you to research the design teams as you hunt for a job to see how high that design team reaches. And LinkedIn would be a great way to look for this. So here's a little story. Back when I was a kid in the late 80s, early 90s, my dad worked for GMAC, the finance arm for General Motors. And they were just moving over from paper to computers, and he had no idea how to use a computer. He absolutely hated it. He complained about it all the time, about how much it stressed him out, how much he didn't know how to use a computer, couldn't type. It was just the worst. Some days he would come home in just an absolutely awful mood, and he would be in an awful mood because his job was just miserable for him, mostly because the tools that he had to use for work stressed him out so much. I think it's also quite possible he had very low emotional intelligence and was somewhat of an asshole, so that could have played into it too, but the tools didn't help is my point. So I know this is super cheesy, but I just imagine a little kid whose parents have been at work all day, working a really stressful job. I think, what if I can make that person's day a little bit less stressful and a little bit easier so when they go home, they aren't in a miserable mood, and if they have families, how many lives does that also improve? So Jared Spool often says, and if you don't know Jared Spool, please, I would suggest go looking him up and following him. He's amazing. Uh, as Jared Spool often says, as UX designers, we should always be asking ourselves how we are making our users' day better with the tools that we design. And I can't think where anyone would have more impact on a user than an enterprise UX designer, designing something that they have to use maybe every single day. And that, my fellow UX professionals, is what I get out of bed every day. So I want you to take some time to think about what gets you out of bed every day. And I want you to focus on that idea. Use that as a guide to find a job that is rewarding and gives you purpose. And sure, there will be some miserable days where things won't go your way, but I'm willing to bet that you won't ever ask yourself, what the hell am I doing? What is the point of all of this? Well, all right, y'all, that's it for me for today. I hope to help persuade you to look into enterprise UX design. If you found your sweet spot, I'd love to hear about it. Let me know what you think on LinkedIn. Have you given enterprise software a shot? What did you think? If you hated it, let me know why. I'd love to know. Shoot me an email at hello at beyonduxdesign.com. I'd love to hear from you. If you like what you heard today, don't forget to like or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you feel like you're getting something out of the show, I would love it if you left a five-star review. That would help me way more than you know. And if you know someone who might find this stuff that we're talking about useful, why don't you tell a friend? That'd be fantastic. And if you want to keep the show independent and ad-free, check out the new Patreon sponsor packages at beyonduxdesign.com slash support. You can support the show for as little as $3 per month. And there's some awesome perks like joining the Beyond UX Design Slack community to connect with other aspiring UX designers just like you. You can get a shout out on the show every week. And there's even a package to meet with me for 30 minutes every month. So if any of that interests you, make sure you check out beyonduxdesign.com slash support.
Don't forget to sign up for the newsletter and check out all the past episodes of Beyond UX Design. I hope you keep coming back for more great UX tips from Beyond UX Design. Until next time, remember, you're more than a designer because there's more to UX than design. I'll see you around. Take care, y'all.